welcome to this episode of the Future Champions podcast. My name is Stuart Taylor, and in the last few episodes, we've been looking back and exploring some of the best moments in sport for 2021. I've asked 10 people to tell me what their key moments in sport are, and they've shared them with me and told me why they like them so much. In this episode, I speak to Jazara Taylor, who happens to be my daughter and a horse fanatic, and I'm really excited to have her here. Jazara Taylor, how are you today? And thank you for joining me on the Future Champions podcast. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. What moment have you chosen as your moment in sport for 2021? It was when in the 2020 Olympics that were postponed and took place in 2021, that Julia Krajewski won a gold medal in individual eventing and became the first female to ever do so. Julia Krajewski was actually a female equestrian rider competing in an event in the Olympics where she competed against male and female competitors. It's the only sport in the Olympics that does it? It is the only sport in the Olympics that has males and females competing against each other. That, that's pretty crazy because it doesn't happen in any sport other than that one. Do they have a reason for why they do that? I guess it's not really a reason, but it's more so the fact that when you're on the horse, it's not really about who has the most strength, but it's who can think the fastest and has the best connection with their horse. That makes sense when you think about the fact that it's the horse that's doing the running and jumping and it's the mind of the person. But there is certainly a lot of... Uh, athleticism that's required in horse riding, isn't there? There's definitely a lot of core and upper arm strength that goes into it, as well as legs. There's a lot of leg muscles that are needed. So the Olympic Games changed and allowed men and women to compete against each other in equestrian events or in eventing, both in teams and in individuals. It's the only area that it happens in the Olympics, yet a female hasn't won a gold medal until now. Does that strike you as odd? I guess it can come across as odd considering that it is a female-dominated sport, but females have never really gotten to the Olympic level of riding in eventing until now. Which is also strange because when you look at the World Championships of eventing, women seem to dominate that area, but they dominate in every competition other than the Olympics. So this is really a, a key moment in sport for women in equestrian, isn't it? Definitely. I think it's important we understand eventing because it is quite a unique style of competition. Rather than try and explain it in our own words, we'd go to the Olympic commentary team and actually hear what they said. Welcome to Equestrian Eventing. A sport that puts the partnership of horse and rider to the ultimate test. Competition lasts four days and comprises three different disciplines. Dressage, cross-country and jumping. With riders paired with the same horse throughout. The athletes compete for individual honours, but those results also count towards the team event. The winners are the individuals and teams who incur the fewest penalties across all three disciplines. Cross-country is a test of the rider's ability to guide the horse through challenging terrain. The course is around 4.5 kilometres long and there are 32 jumps. Before competition, riders are allowed to walk the course. As well as plotting the fastest route, they are learning the layout of the obstacles and assessing the undulations of the terrain. Guiding the horse at speed over difficult jumps in varying conditions requires great agility and balance. 
Riders are given a predefined time of around eight minutes to complete the course. Penalties are incurred for exceeding the maximum time limit, as well as infringements, such as the horse refusing to jump an obstacle. The dressage test is very different, as the competitors complete a technical routine of predetermined moves. This requires horse and rider to be in perfect harmony with precise timing and coordination. The rider memorises the routine and attempts to guide the horse with grace and elegance. One of the most elegant moves is the piaf. The horse raises each diagonal pair of legs in turn and on the spot, demonstrating control and poise. The jumping test takes place in an arena. Compared to the cross-country phase, the rider needs to be more careful and controlled in the way they jump their horse over the obstacles. A greater level of accuracy is required as the fences are constructed with poles that can easily be knocked down. The horses used are bred especially to cope with the wide-ranging demands of eventing. Is dominated by naturally athletic horses with good temperament and jumping ability. An all encompassing test of equestrian skill. This is equestrian eventing. So that's quite remarkable when you think about those three different disciplines. You've got dressage, cross country, and jumping all over a period of four days. It's very technical, and if you make one mistake, you're potentially out completely. Eventing is incredibly taxing, both emotionally and physically, on horse and rider, as it takes a lot of strength and endurance to complete all three events, and the stress that it brings is huge. The horses, without the right training, would be out of their minds, and the riders would be terrified and have a lot of pressure on them. How old would a horse be that would be competing in one of these events? It varies from the breed of the horse, but Amanda Benevel was 11 years old when she went to win the Olympic eventing with her rider, and that is considered young for a horse to be eventing at an Olympic level. Amanda Benevel was Julia Krajewski's horse, and that horse was 11 years old going into this 2021 event. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Awesome. So let's go into dressage. That's uh, it's it is a technical routine with control, a lot of control of the horse. How hard is that? It is very difficult, especially at an Olympic level, because the judges would be on top of both the horses and riders' movements, and the moves that are performed in a dressage routine are incredibly hard to pull off successfully. Yeah, and then going on to cross-country, that's your favourite event? Yeah, it definitely is. Why is that? It's just very exhilarating and it's got an incredible rush to it when you do it right. It's also very dangerous, but I think that adds a bit more fun to it. I guess it's also, if you're thinking about riding a horse, it seems to be the most natural way to ride a horse. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of a different feel to it than riding in an arena because you're out in the open and there's so many different things that could contribute to your performance and your horse's performance. So there was criticism at this Olympics in relation to the modern day pentathlon, which includes jumping in it or an equestrian event 
and one of the horses failed to jump. There was a lot of criticism about that. What is the difference between that event and, say, the event of equestrian eventing in the Olympics? Well, the modern-day pentathlon, their rules aren't as strict as eventing is. For example, in eventing, there's a rule that if your horse falls, that's it, you're out of the competition. Whereas in the pentathlon, as we saw, there was a horse that flipped and they didn't check the horse. The rider just got back on and continued on her round. So it's a much more rigid uh, approach to horse riding with a lot more focus on the safety of the horse as well as the rider. Yes, and in the pentathlon, the riders don't need years of training, whereas in the eventing in the Olympics, the riders practically spend their whole life training for that event. The last event is jumping, and obviously in an arena, that carries a lot of stress. If you're sitting in third, first, or second, uh, the ability to be able to hold your stress levels down and to be able to take your horse through those jumps, it's quite challenging, isn't it? Very challenging, and I believe that for Julia, it would have been even more so considering that she was the last rider to enter the ring that day. You've been around horses for a long time. You've got your own horses. You've uh, gone to training courses with uh, some really amazing people. How much do horses pick up the stress of the rider? It's incredible how much they can feel from their rider's mental state when they go into that ring. Even just the slightest change in emotion can either make or break your round. So even when you go and feed your horses, if you're not confident and you're going into a horse that is a dominant horse, can that change the way they react and respond to you? Definitely, especially when you talk, because when you speak, it lets out your emotions more than it would if you were to stay quiet. And so if you are feeling confident and you speak confidently, it lets out a confident energy that the horse can definitely sense. So then if you were to times that by 10 or 100 in an arena going for a gold medal, you can't hide the fact that, I mean, Julie would have been absolutely wrecked with nerves. She would have really been on the highest level of emotion. How do you get past that when you jump on a horse? I guess it has a lot to do with how well you know that horse and how well that horse knows you how well trained the horse is and how fast you can pick up on changes of speed where, where even their feet are. Taking a deep breath before your round can do a lot to calm your nerves and your horse's nerves and you'll find that when you do take in that deep calming breath, the horse will take one with you. So I think that she would have been taking a lot of deep breaths before and during her round. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I did watch the finals and I noticed that a lot of people had to really give the energy to the horse. They had to you know, get them up, get them moving, give them a bit of a kick and sort of encourage them to get over the jumps. Julia did the opposite. I don't know if you noticed, but in the actual round, she was wooing the horse. She was trying to slow the horse down. So was, maybe she was also sensing the emotion of the horse and how, uh, how much energy it, it had and was trying to calm the horse down and potentially calm herself down. Yes, I did notice that. And I also noticed that most of the other riders tended to get their horses over the jumps from a long spot, whereas Julia was wooing her horse to make sure she came in at a deeper point, which can be risky, but she pulled it off perfectly. 
Well, let's have a listen to it. We knew we were going to make history. We knew we were going to declare a new Olympic champion. Might it be our first ever female individual Olympic gold medal? Julia Krajewski and Amanda Beneville. 25.6. They've added just one cross-country time penalty to their score all weekend. What pressure. Getting very, very deep, but jumping back out of them. Really trying with her back legs there too, this wonderful mare. Julia has produced. Oh, golly, it must be such a relief to get through those three fences without hearing one crash to the ground. But you've still got so many more to go. You're so not there yet. Awful feeling that you could just get it wrong at the first one and the whole all two could go here. One fence from Olympic glory. Julia Krajewski and Amanda Beneville. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Julia Krajewski and Amanda Beneville are Olympic champions. Point four of a penalty squares up their score to 26.0. It makes no matter if they... Uh, had been clear or the penalty if Tom McEwen had been clear or with the time penalty because she had such an advantage over Tom really she didn't have a rail but she had a lot of time but look at this reaction not only is she Olympic champion but now she has become the first ever female athlete to take individual Olympic gold in this sport in this sport where women have dominated but haven't just been able to do it at the Olympic level. Julia Krajewski has made it happen with an exemplary week. Tom McEwen amongst the first to congratulate her and applaud her as he will take silver. Andrew Hoy will take bronze. Our victory ceremony is coming up for the team and individual eventing. But Julia Krajewski and Amanda Beneville are Olympic champions here in Tokyo 2020. As a young teenager who loves horses and has a desire to do something with them, whether that be a trainer or a rider or go to cross country or do some type of eventing, how much motivation or encouragement does that give you hearing that? It gives me a lot of encouragement, especially knowing that she had had a really rough time that year and she's come back stronger than ever. So how had she had a rough time? Her father had passed away at the start of 2021 and she'd had to retire her horse who she had ridden for a very long time. But here she is winning gold. It's an incredible story. Very incredible. And she said it herself, it is the kind of story she believes movies are made of. When you started riding yourself, how did that help you as a person? It was very, very inspiring and it helped me get out of a motivational slump that I was in. What does a horse give you uh, emotionally? They're like a breath of fresh air and I can be in the foulest of moods, but I go out there and I see my horse and I don't even have to ride her. I can just spend time with her and it's, it's like a weight lifted off my shoulder. Is there any time where you've had to overcome adversity with your horse? There was a very rough patch that I had with Luna, who is my horse, that I actually considered 
leasing her out to someone so that I didn't have to ride her because I was very emotional and so that made her emotional and we were just clashing and it was scary riding her. But after a lot of work and a lot of help from amazing people who have mentored me, we have come out of it stronger than ever and are very much looking forward to the show season of 2022. So talking about good mentors, you've had the opportunity to go to the Alicia Burton camp. Can you tell me what that is? Alicia Burton is probably one of the most famous riders in the world currently. She is a free rider, which means that she rides without a saddle or bridle. She is a horse trainer an instructor and a youth mentor and she is currently based in Australia giving out camps and mentorships to youth. You go there and you work on yourself, your relationship with your horse and your relationship with other people. It definitely helps and it's not only improved my horse riding but has also improved my socialisation with other people. How valuable was that in relation to your development in horse riding and also as a person? Going to those camps really helped me grow and see horses and just the whole world through a different perspective and I really did learn so much from her. I don't think words can really describe how special those camps were to me. Can you give me an example of something that happened on one of those camps. In our second camp with Alicia, during our first lesson, we were working on our right leads and that is where a horse is running with their inside leg leading instead of their outside. And Luna and I had really struggled with our right canter lead and we'd never really got it. And so going to those camps with Alicia, we got it on our third try. And I remember I went to Alicia and I was in tears because I was so overwhelmed and proud of what I'd done with my horse. Even though it wasn't a huge achievement, it was something we struggled with and we managed to overcome. What do you want to do with horses moving forward into 2022? I would love to join the competition season and get out to a few comps and win a few events. I would also like to break in and start riding my yearling. What's your yearling's name? Peggy Sue. Is she a good horse? She's a bit cranky, but yeah. Cranky? <laughs> I've seen some of the photos and videos. I've been to see Peggy Sue and I think she's a demon. <laughs> she's She is pretty angry, but she is very sweet when she wants to be. So your mum went out not just recently and it tried to kick her in the face. She has indeed kicked me quite a few times. But we're working past that and she's definitely got a lot better. When I first saw Peggy Sue and we got her, she was the most affectionate horse I think I've ever seen. You guys used to lie down in the paddock and give her a cuddle. But she's very stubborn as well and she, she certainly likes to get her own way. Is that typical of a, of a young horse or is it just typical of a demon-possessed horse? It's very typical to have your yearlings, which are mainly two-year-olds, be very well, cranky, and they definitely throw their good share of temper tantrums. But a yearling is basically the horse equivalent 
of a teenager. Oh, that would be terrible. I, I actually f- I feel for you now. <laughs> I remember you showed me a video of one of our horses, Marbley, who we got as a rescue horse, and you've spent a lot of time with Marbley. But the video you showed me was one of Marbley's old owners who said that he was a stupid horse. You took offence to that. Why? He is a very intelligent horse. He just sometimes likes to put on a dumb facade to get away with doing dumb things. You're also training young people now on horses, which is really exciting for you. Do you see some, uh, I guess, similarity between a, a horse trainer who thinks that a horse is stupid because the horse doesn't understand the trainer and a horse riding instructor who could potentially blame the student for not understanding the lessons learned? I've found that if a horse riding instructor blames the horse or the rider for not being able to understand what they're asking, then they're just not a good instructor because there's no way that you can look at a horse and blame it for not understanding English words that they know nothing about. And you can't expect young riders or riders who don't have lots of experience or even incredibly experienced riders who are trying to do what you ask but you're using all these fancy words that they don't understand either because they're not a part of their vocabulary. You give some riding instruction to some young children. What have you learned about you in the process of teaching other people? I've found that I'm a lot more patient and understanding towards the riders that I train than I thought I would be and that I seem to be able to get across to them in a way that they understand that is different for each individual. What's your favourite moment as a horse riding instructor so far? I was instructing this little seven-year-old girl who when we first started having lessons together she would ride for no longer than 10 minutes but in this one particular lesson She was so excited to get on her horse and ride that after our time was actually up, she didn't want to get off her horse and she didn't want to finish her lesson. And she told me that I am her favourite riding instructor that she's ever had. And she's had some pretty top tier riding instructors. So that was very special to me to have her not want to end her lesson. How important is it? For a seven-year-old girl like the one that you're instructing who has a passion for horses to be able to look and see that a woman has now won a gold medal at the Olympics in horse ride eventing. I think it's incredibly important and she is a very big role model for all equestrians but especially female equestrians who are wanting to go somewhere with their riding. Jazara Taylor, thank you for joining me on the Future Champions podcast. Did you do it willingly or unwillingly? A little bit of both. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it hasn't been as bad as I thought. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Future Champions podcast, the top 10 sporting moments of 2021. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other great episodes from 2021 and 2020. My name is Stuart Taylor. Stay safe.